1: Lucky Lefty Podcast. I'm your guy, Sean Davis at SB2 Mikes. The original Lucky Lefty himself, Malik Zaire. We are brought to you by Anora Whiskey. Anorawiskey.com. It is that premium American whiskey. Anorawiskey.com. And if you're going to drink, by all means, make sure that you drink responsibly. You have to drink responsibly. Get another win. Get the cap off another win with some Anora. The Coliseum, Notre Dame looking to come in, step on the building like the dog pound came in in New York, New York and their video. We'll hear from Marcus Freeman. We'll also discuss the biggest strides this season. Mm-hmm. Some of the biggest M key moments of the season. LL question of the day. What has been the biggest improvement? with this team from start to finish or to where we sit right now on the eve of the big USC game on Saturday night? What has been this team's biggest improvement from day one until today? LL question of the day. Then I'm gonna get into a conversation that I had on Twitter yesterday, bro, with some fans where one fan being upset with notre dame's approach to nil said enjoy being mediocre and continuing to be a mediocre program notre dame fans do you feel like you support a mediocre football program i'm just asking for a friend let me know If you feel like Notre Dame was a mediocre football program, I just need to know. Because it was a Notre Dame fan that made the statement. I found them very strange. Very strange.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. According to Indeed data,
1: But, Lef, how are you feeling? First of all, congratulations to Coach left and Lakewood on making it to the championship game in the California State playoffs. That's right. Yes, That's sir. right. We, we there.
2: Big game, Northwood. We got to get it, bring it to them,
1: bring that chip home. All I'm saying, left, is, you know, things kind of took off when someone became the offensive coordinator. I don't want to say who.
2: I don't want to say
1: who, I'm just saying a certain move was made. Certain moves was made,
2: things took place, guys (laughs) next man in had to happen, and the next man was the right man. Got us all the way there. So we're going to make it happen. we got to finish the job now.
1: Absolutely. Finish the job. Championship game coming up. This is a big weekend for you, dude. You have an event for the USC weekend. You have a big game, championship game. And then the actual Notre Dame USC
2: game on Saturday night and the holiday weekend. Yeah. Bro. Sheesh. So <laughs> you know, it's one of the, the end of the year is always a lot of cool stuff happening. End of the year is always some uh a lot of people doing a lot of cool things, a lot of good things going on. I always enjoy this part of the year. Cause you know, you got all the major sports on, you got the holidays, championship weeks, rivalry weeks football, All-American games coming up. I mean, you know, the end of the football season is usually the one of the coolest parts about football in general, especially college football. And, you know, even now high school, we're taking that thing to another level, even on all levels, especially high school. And so it's just awesome to see, uh, see it come together, man, because it's been a long season. You know, it's been a long season, just a long year, and we're looking to finish strong in the
1: right way. Once again, big matchup coming up. It'd be interesting to see where both teams sit in the CFP rankings that come out later on tonight. I'll say this. There's a lot of noise coming from the left coast (laughs) on how they expect to blow Notre Dame out. I have one individual that works for the Pac-12 network as an analyst that flat out said, now this is the funniest thing in the world to me. Notre Dame doesn't have the speed on the back end to contend with USC. Is the USC wide receiver core better than Ohio State?
2: I think they got better names. But we we just played CJ Stroud and limited him to 21 points.
1: What about Drake May and their receiving court, North Carolina? Yeah, what about Drake May?
2: I mean, you could throw Zay Flowers in there. He's a great receiver. How I did mean, he out? Yeah.
1: That three catches for Zay Flowers? Three?
2: Was that three? That was mm-hmm. it. Jackson and Jigba Smith couldn't finish the game. Hmm. Hmm. We don't have enough speed on the back end. But we only give up 21 against a top Receiver rank?
1: Yeah, I just found it
2: interesting, left Man, these people be – Pac-12 just never had a quarterback as dynamic as Caleb, and now they just all got these wild ambitions and dreams like we just get worse because y'all talk better about another team. We don't get worse because y'all speak high about another team. If anything, you know us. We're going to play to y'all level. <laughs> <laughs> We gonna make it a game every time. The last time we was just outmatched from a receiver core standpoint was probably in twenty fourteen when they just had Marquise Lee and Nelson Aguilar and George Farmer, where they would just be
1: like, "All right, we just gonna." That was a that was a tough day, bro. That was a tough <laughs> day in the Coliseum. That was a tough day in the Coliseum.
2: We gonna pull I don't four more. one. And we're going to go one on one and just throw a go route. Just nothing, nothing. <laughs> Juju was a freshman. Juju was a freshman. Juju was a freshman.
1: He had
2: a Dory. He didn't even play offense at that point. He didn't play George Farmer. Yeah. Yeah, that was a, okay. That, that that was a tough matchup. But we got faster guys than that now. Yeah.
1: It's. Uh... <laughs> That was a tough day, bro. That was Dang. a tough day. But you and Greg got off. You oh yeah, Greg, you know, you I and know. Greg. You know, R, R. I. P. To Greg Bryant. You and Greg came in late in that game and got off.
2: We, we we had to show our little Jalen Sneed moments. We was like, oh, we deserve to be in there. We deserve to be in there now. We gonna make some plays. All right,
1: and that was like a one o'clock game. On oh, early because
2: we was we was bad at that point. Yeah, because it
1: was three yeah, thirty. <laughs> In the Midwest, I remember that
2: we had ate breakfasts and showed up to the Coliseum. He's like, "That's not what happened three years ago. We was eating dinner and then came. Now we well, eating breakfast and came."
1: Well, this one here is a six thirty start, prime time, prime time, ABC. Yes, sir. everything on the line. College football playoff berth on the line for USC. Man, possibility of climbing to that top ten. Of the CFP for Notre Dame. Possibility, outside possibility. A lot of dominoes have to fall. Outside chance at the NY6 bowl. Possibility of a big time matchup.
2: Is that a top the top 60 or the, uh, how do they do the NY6? It's the top 10. It and- is. Crushed.
1: Man, it, dude, I swear to God. <laughs> I apologize for that, guys. NY6 Bowl are usually locked into, if I'm not mistaken, um, conferences or certain bowls. So, like, the sec- Michigan would be the second-place team or the second-best ranked team in the Big in the Ten. Big 10. Right? Yeah, it won't be the, the Big Ten West champion. Right. It'll be the second-best team in the Big Ten or the second-best ranked team will go to the Rose Bowl. Right, got it, and then it would be the second best Pac 12 team, unless they have a higher ranked team that they can choose for a better matchup.
2: Which would that's what we're playing into it,
1: yeah. So it still has the the, the, uh, conference alignment and partnership connections, but every now and then, you know, the bowl has the right to grab another team if they want to, if that second-place team isn't ranked high enough. So Notre Dame would pretty much have to be like an at-large selection, which is Notre Dame. So, of course, the brand is big, fan base travels, big-time TV ratings. What big-time bowl would not want that? But like I said, there are a lot of things that like you would have to have Michigan get blown out. Yeah. Or something like that, right? Get just outright embarrassed.
2: Yeah, they got to lose with style.
1: And like other teams lose and just look bad in order for Notre Dame to really get consideration. It's it's an amazingly long shot. It's an amazing long shot for Notre Dame. Uh, A miracle probably would have to happen. But, yeah. That's really
2: interesting. I think – The style points definitely matter. I think, like you said, that Navy, winning in style at Navy would have helped us tremendously. It's just unfortunate that, you know, we're a team that likes to just get the win. And and nowadays college football is so tight and close with how these teams' schedules play out and, you know, everybody is having, you know, pretty good seasons. They got to look at stuff like that. And and us being involved in the playoffs as much as we are, or at least in the top ten as much as we are, we should know that as well, and know that games like Navy, it feels like a loss when you're winning as close as we did.
1: Yeah, and Heather Dennich went into it a little bit today on uh, get up earlier when she talked about Notre Dame pretty much being the biggest X factor in the CFP. Not close. Right? Like uh, no. No, 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 because the way Notre Dame has responded and recovered after having a tough early start, Notre Dame will be important to Ohio State if they lose to Michigan for their resume to possibly still get in without being a conference champion. Notre Dame is going to be very important to USC in their resume to get in, right? Notre Dame is going to be vitally important to teams like North Carolina and Clemson Mm. You know, whether or not they can get in as a conference championship Well, North Carolina losing last week, you know, them getting into the college football playoffs is pretty much a done deal. But Clemson can still sneak in, you mm-hmm. know, as a one loss conference championship. But the thing that might hold that back from being, a you know, being able to take place is, man, Notre Dame banged you. Like Notre Dame flat out embarrassed you. Yeah. Could that still be held against them? So Notre Dame, even in a down season, as most people would say, is the biggest X factor in a college football playoff right now.
2: How much do you think the Stanford lost weighs, considering it was only, what, three points? Do you think that would have?
1: It was two points, right, 16, points.
2: 14? Yeah, two points. Do you think? Like, Because, you know, I think the college committee kind of shakes off some of the losses if it's close like that. But it was just the fact that Stanford isn't. <laughs> the, it's the so, teams we lost to just don't have great records. Like, like I said, man.
1: Thing, <laughs> look, Notre Dame. I, I made the analogy yesterday. Notre Dame showed up to the interview late. Yeah. Like it's, it's yeah. one thing to interview bad, but it's a whole another thing to show up late to not have your resume when you walk in the door, to hand to whomever the interviewer is. its like, certain things on the checklist that you must do. Right. Who's into Marshall and Stanford, like, dude, you, you just can't do that. Can. You can't. And, you know, it is what it is. Like, no one was really – that Ohio State lost – didn't stop Notre Dame from having a realistic shot at a college football playoff. It didn't.
2: It didn't. Yeah, no, it didn't. If anything, it didn't. we set up for a rematch considering we win the rest of our games.
1: Yeah. Now, Notre Dame probably would sit somewhere around six or seven right now if they had run the table with a realistic shot if certain things happen, certain dominoes fall. But a close loss at Columbus in the first game, What could the committee really say about that?
2: Yes, too early to even make a a judgment on it, for
1: real. And one of the things that they've been looking at in the last couple of years is game control. Notre Dame controlled the game for about 60% of it. Yeah, I mean, we was in in the the game control. Yeah, Notre Dame controlled 60% of that game at Columbus. Yeah. So maybe even more. So they would have been in the, the catbird seat. As an independent, in my opinion, in a really good spot. They probably would have needed some help, but I mean, look, the unforgivable, right? Now, that's one thing you can say that those are unforgivable losses. Losses that if the head coach was in year three or four, you might say, hey, man. We might, you might be on the hot seat, but first year head coach. So, you know. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I think uh for what we were able to put together in the first season for a first year head coach, I think it's undeniably silly to think that it was underperformed yeah. or Marcus Freeman has had an underwhelming season. I think this has been a, Tremendous season for a first year head coach in general. (laughs) It's not like, you know, the head coach had Marshall for five years and finally got his shot. This is the first stab at it. You know, it's like Obama's first term. It was like, man, it just, everything you did was just great, feels like, you know. But for Marcus Freeman to go in there, have a potential 10 win season.
1: Yeah.
2: Have what it, what all the things included are on the line in the last game of the season against a rival, beating two top 10 teams in your first, first year as a head coach, let alone at a program like Notre Dame. Bring the recruiting. And we haven't even seen the impact of the recruiting just yet. Yeah. But you've seen a little bit of it with transfers like a Brandon Joseph. Yeah. Could Brandon, would Brandon Joseph come to Notre Dame if Marcus Freeman wasn't there? I don't know. I think Marcus Freeman played a big part. Yeah. I think Marcus Freeman spent enough recruiting to play big parts in a lot of these guys uh, recruitment and getting them to Notre Dame visits. I mean, we even brought some of the top players in the country to take a visit solo. Not not group visit, take a solo visit like a Richard Young, like a Keon Keeley. Get them up to school, get them interested, even have one of them committed. So it's underrated, if anything, what you can put on the, the value of this first year and what Marcus Freeman was able to do. Uh, even crazier is that what you got to see and bounce it back from adversity. Right, a lot of teams tank in those situations. I.e., Texas A&M lose a couple games where you shouldn't lose, and then everything starts going out of whack. Marcus Freeman held it together mm. in times when we felt like he should have said some more, mm. did something, said something, yeah. held it together, stuck to stuck to his, to to the script of what he was uh, preaching all season, all off season. And the team responded just how Marcus Freeman responded. Stayed consistent, not too high, not too low, and pulled off some great victories in adverse situations. All of this with a mediocre quarterback. So it's great to see uh, him fighting a good fight because there's a lot of things that he can't control that's on the staff currently and in the building currently that some would consider as a, as a hindering factor to his success in this season as well. So I think with all those things included, man, that man is doing his job to say the least <laughs> and got us in position to still put our name in that New Year's Six Bowl, uh, provided college football playoff uh, committee, uh, realizes everything that went into this Notre Dame season. Cause we are an X factor. And just like we're staying on brand, we get better as the season gets colder. And we proved it last week, playing in the frozen tundra, and scoring 44 points.
1: Lucky Lefty Podcast. Jason Hewlett, thank you for the super chat. We appreciate you for tapping in, my man. Truly appreciate you. And right on brand, you talked about the ability to keep the season on track, man. I missed the two disappointing losses, the loss at Ohio State, being 3-3, three and three, 500 at one point in this season. People talking about get rid of them. Out of after one season, yeah, this was the fan base. Certain portions of the fan base, one of them gone, after six games into the season. Marcus Freeman talked about that. What he did to keep everything on track.
3: National championship is something that um every major program has to start the season, you know, and it's a it's a big goal, but that can't be your only goal because there's only gonna be one team that wins a national championship and, and you know, although we aren't you know quiet about saying that's obviously our goal every single season win national championship there's also goals that we have in terms of you know individual goals constant improvement and and that's what um, you know my challenge is to this group I, I every time i say hey our goal is to win national championship the, the the next point i make is our goal is to win every game we play and this game has nothing to do with the last game or the ohio state game or the games we lost before that and so that's why i say that because if you lose out on the opportunity to win the national championship, okay. What other goals do you have? We got to go to win every game we play, and uh, that's something that, you know, for anybody that's been in a competitive sport or any type of competition, the the feeling you get from victory, right, is is something that's so special. And you know what? Um, I heard somebody say, well, what are you guys playing for? An opportunity to win. And that's all we need to know is that if you have competitive spirit and you're an ultimate competitor, that's all you need to know is there's an opportunity to go win and there's an opportunity to be called a winner. And that's all we need to know.
1: That's your head coach for the Fighting come of Notre Dame.
2: He should have been honest He said, we're playing for recruiting. <laughs> <laughs> we won our Super Bowl recruiting championship. That That's what we're playing for. We did our damn thing. Now we got another opportunity for recruiting. Like you said, another opportunity to win. I think when you're at this level, it's about winning. Not a win is a win, but winning in style. And I think that's the opportunity he looks at every day. How can we win in style?
0: Mm-hmm. And
2: and how can winning in style match his style every day at the podium? I mean, if we can get those two aligned, I mean, we're looking at a perfect season.
1: Because this suit is crispy, too. Under Armour, you make suits. Yo, it's was something else he said after the game in the post-game press conference. Like, look, he said he told the players at halftime of the Boston College game, I'm sick and tired of, of taking questions about you all not playing a full game and you all playing down to your competition and you all not playing good at home. Go take care of your business in the second half. I said, yo, that's what's up. Yeah, it wasn't <laughs> nothing about we need the exynos. It no.
2: wasn't. He said, "Look, go out there and, and yeah, go out there and play like you know how to do the damn thing." Yeah, because this that's is Boston in
1: college. That's the speech we used to get from our moms. Like when they pulled up to the mall, the store back in the day. All right, now we are going in here. You better act like. Hey, don't act out in here. You yeah. act out, and I'm gonna I'm get you right where you act out.
2: Yeah, you you gotta act like you out. got some
1: sense. Exactly. Yeah. That's what he told them. Like, man, y'all walk out in that field and act like you got some sense. <laughs> you know who you are. That's right. You know the team we are. Don't go out there and act crazy. Don't 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 go out there acting crazy. Now. Put put the onus and the responsibility and accountability you're on the team.
2: Yeah, that's right. Put it on 11, the team.
1: Man, you're eleven, 11-12 weeks deep into the season. Like, look, he's been shouldering a lot. Like, we are coached out. Yeah, we are coached out at this point. Yeah. Go do it. Go do it.
2: He's like, we this far, man. I can't keep carrying you with my words.
1: Yeah. And they get another opportunity to rise to the occasion on Saturday night. They have risen to the occasion in Columbus. They didn't get the victory, but they rose to the occasion. And they competed. They they controlled the majority of their game. They rose to the occasion. Like you said, they could have been broken when they went to Chapel Hill. Yeah. quarterback, two big losses, they rose to the occasion. Once again, weren't expected to win. When they went up to the Dome to face Syracuse, rose to the equation. I mean, to the occasion. And solved the equation. Yeah, Yeah. you're right. (laughs) Thank you for the save right there.
0: (laughs) Appreciate
1: it. Then they did the same thing November 5th. They rose to the occasion when people were doubting whether or not they were good enough despite beating Syracuse the week before. They haven't played good at home. They lost two big games at home. There are different That's teams on the road. That's disappointing. All they can do is run the ball. This is the NFL front seven. I don't know if they can gain 50 yards on the ground against this defense. They put up over 200, they rose to the occasion. Defense, yep. Benjamin Morrison, rose to the occasion. Rose the occasion. One more time. Can Marcus Freeman and his fighting Irish rise to the occasion? We'll see. Saturday night when they invade the Coliseum to face off against the USC Trojans. Lucky Lefty Podcast, as always, podcasts are available. CFB Nation, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. We appreciate you download set up the automatic download you might as well leave five stars leave your comments we respond all the time we read them and we greatly appreciate you decline we're above three thousand now we're on the five that's our next goal and it's because of you that we keep doing what we do that's right every day lucky lefty podcast we spin it different Roderick blackman Thank you for the super chat. If we go ten and three in Freeman's first year, do you guys feel we had a successful season without a playoff berth? Uh,
2: Yeah, I mean, I think that we've had a successful season, Uh, winning two ranked games as a first-year head coach. That's something that you can hang your hat on. Uh, Winning a recruiting Super Bowl, I think, something you can hang your hat on. Uh, and just in, in, in meeting the expectation of not falling off. I think a lot of times that uh, is underrated where, yeah, we're not better than our best season, but we're not having a worse season either. And to be able to stay close to that expectation in a year where, you know, we had people talking about transition. We had people talking about we're not there yet, um, especially after that first that first loss and then the second loss to Marshall. I think there's a lot that you can be really, really proud of and a lot that you can be hopeful for for the future. I don't think this is a team where after the season, regardless of what happens, I'm thinking, oh, we got to scratch our heads and start over and, you know, and, like, figure out some answers. I think the answers that we know we need to fix are very fixable, and getting better and excited to see how these guys develop in a year two under Marcus Freeman. I think everything is trending upwards. You know, hold on to your stock if you bought some because it's going up, especially for
1: twenty twenty four. And you said there is you have to be able to recognize the issues. That's right. That's one of the biggest trends in my opinion, that we saw Marcus Freeman even before he became the head coach when he was defensive coordinator. He's able to identify the problems. Not only identify, but then rectify the problem. Like, you might disagree with his process. You might not have liked the way he uh, operated as a head coach on the sideline to start the season, but he has gotten better, and he has improved. And he has shown that he can rectify situations and rectify problems. Whether it's on the field, locker room, getting players to buy in, getting everybody in the program to buy in, getting coaches to change their ways. He's done that. We've seen evidence of that during the season. Look, and recruiting. We've seen it all from Marcus Freeman when it comes to identifying the problems and being able to rectify situations. Jason Hewlett, once again, thank you for the super chat. Hope we run the hell out of number seven versus USC. We got to out physical them in my opinion of the situation, lucky for OC. I don't know, bro, would you move the family to the Midwest?
2: Look, Marcus Freeman, man, say, hey, I need an ace in the hole. Somebody's gonna run the ball somebody's gonna score points. And you live in California and you just, yeah, you might as well just come on, man. Join that Dayton squad. Look, the Dayton squad is like assembling the Avengers. Mm. You know, we already got Mickens. We got Marcus Freeman. You throw a Malik in there. (sighs) South Bend might've changed the area code to 937. You never know.
1: (laughs) Jason, he has another super chat. We appreciate you, Jay. Look, who fits the offense better, Kenny or CJ? Can Kenny start next year?
2: I think Kenny would be great in this system, but it all depends on the relationship that he has with the offensive coordinator because it's a lot of pieces that have to be in play just for a quarterback to be successful, even if he's talented. Look at Bryce Young. Bryce Young is the most – one of the most talented quarterbacks there. The Coordinator Bill O'Brien is sub par. So, yes. it's like, yeah, they're doing a lot of great things, but when it gets to the nitty-gritty, Bryce can't do it on his own, and then play callers ain't helping. Like, even in the Texas game, that play call where he had to – nobody was open, by the way, get a free blitzer. Bryce has to be great like who he is, makes a guy miss to win the game. That wasn't a play call. That was Bryce Young you need a play call mixed with a Bryce young to get you those championships to get you in that right spot. And I think that with Kenny Minchie, he can make a lot of plays that can cover up for a lot, but he still needs to have that, uh, that, that ace in the hole uh, calling the plays for him. I think we got to see a little bit of that with a Trevor Lawrence situation. Um, I rarely saw Trevor Lawrence in situations where the play wasn't any good. And he just, you know, uh, took over in a lot of situations too, but I think it it has to be a combination. Caleb Williams with Lincoln Riley makes USC worth watching. Caleb Williams and being there by himself, I mean, there's been tons of great quarterbacks at USC that had terrible seasons. But when you mix a Lincoln Riley and a Caleb Williams, you get a great show on turf that, you know, is great for college football to watch. So uh, I think that's a little bit of what it takes to, be that great at that level but i think we have a lot of spare parts we just got to build a car out of it
1: look man i'm a huge caleb williams fan huge he's the leader in the clubhouse for the heisman trophy especially after drake may lost that game to georgia tech like sorry my man this one might he might be so far out in front And he could take a loss in one of these next two games. Yeah. But C.J. Stroud
2: has his moment Saturday. Yeah, I mean, that's what we talked about. And that's what we talked about when we played Ohio State. We was like, C.J. only going to have two moments all year. Right. And that's Notre Dame and Michigan. And that's if Michigan can be good, hold up for that long, which they have. But it goes back to – why CJ Stroud has to play perfect all the time is because the teams they play, you know, they, it's what Heisman woman you going to create in that schedule that you got outside those two teams. So I think, uh, you're right. This is a game, which he can prove a lot. Cause they lost it last year, yeah. even though he played great. He had like 500 yards still.
1: <laughs> you know, he,
0: he, just,
2: balled out. he
1: definitely balled out he in the snow. Out.
2: In the snow. So, you know, uh, It would be great to see us really take that next stand and get a guy that can be in those conversations of New York as well. I think Marcus Freeman would fit great with a quarterback that has that ability, and it would just make the program look that much more attractive to be coming to.
1: E.B. thank you for the super chat. our Girl, Sean, on another note, with number 12 potentially being ready for the bowl game, what you playing? him. Absolutely he would have a couple of packages to to uh, impact the run game for me or to go play action off of that
2: it's more tyler bugner in there
1: yeah he's ready marcus freeman said uh he won't be able to play in the regular season but he should be available for the bowl game so i would absolutely give him a package or two in the bowl game
2: uh he i mean he would had to get the and get some audition tape <laughs> Because, you know, I don't think we should move off of what we wanted to do uh before we knew he was going to be healthy the rest of the season, which is go get us some couple transfer guys and, and have some tough conversations at the end of this year. I think from that position specifically and everybody in that room, including players and coaches, that's a room that needs to be addressed in some way or another. And I think that, With him coming back, it would be great to see him be healthy. But then again, you're gonna give him packages like he did before he started. Mm -hmm. I don't know how much you even go from there because at this point, I don't see the offensive coordinator loving 12 more than 10. Not in this game or not in the the bowl season. So I think it'd just be it's a tough situation for that room (laughs) in general. So You know, hopefully we can keep them healthy. I think that's the thing you probably want to see is keeping them healthy in the offseason.
1: Tomorrow, special day of thanks for this season and the fan base. We are going to unveil and reveal the top five things we're thankful for about the Notre Dame program on tomorrow. The top five things we are thankful for about the Notre Dame program on tomorrow. So you won't want to miss that. You definitely don't want to miss that. We'll be revealing that tomorrow. Left, Marcus Freeman also talked about the team, the injuries. He said that Brandon Joseph, probable. Talked about Tobias still dealing with that concussion. Um... Jason Adamiola, probable. Both of those guys seem like they're on the road to being able to play on Saturday night. They also talked about the shoulder issue with Cam Hart. Um, it doesn't look good right now. We'll see. My thing is, it's so the fan base has been so hot and cold on Cam Hart this year. One week they like him, the next week they don't like him. What's wrong with him? He's played through injuries. He played through the hamstring. He had the hamstring issue against Ohio State. Still played. It kept lingering. He still played until he had to miss some time. Comes back, healed from that, Now the shoulder against Boston College late in the game. So, you know, this might be – most people might feel like this is trending to Cam Hart coming back for another year. Right, And I don't think I would commit myself to saying that Cam Hart took that step that we thought he would take. Because he took a step the year we, before.
2: You know, we, can, we can be honest and, and say that he's not what we – he probably would say. He's yeah. not where he wanted and thought he would be following a Kyle Hamilton season where he just, you know, sitting in that draft room being like, I'll be here next year. Yeah. And uh, I think, you know, he's feeling a little bit of that. and But we've seen him not be ready on that level due to playing through some injuries, you know, a couple of bad plays here and there. Uh, a lot of what we didn't see the year before, but he's been challenged a lot more this year, which we said would happen. Yeah. I think that uh, getting that challenge and kind of brings him back to, okay, I got to get healthy, number one. Yeah. And number 2, being healthy, I can make better plays and be more impactful to get go back to where I felt like I was heading the season before. I think a lot of times, you know, when you're going through those injuries, you're you're off your game mentally and I on the field outside of just having a tweak whatever the case may be. Yeah. But then again, it's going to help you also get more competitive because it's not getting any easier in that secondary room. And no. we talked a little bit last year how offensively how it could impact a lot with Avery Davis coming back, uh, Michael Mayer coming back, guys coming back that we're like, all right, you you come back, but there's some guys that's coming in. Right,
1: you take the books. Yeah.
2: yeah, you that's take the snaps from guys. So with, with Ben Morrison playing so well like he's doing, uh, it's only spelling that, and extrapolate it if I had to extrapolate that out, that I'm sure these freshmen coming in are going to play really well. That we're excited about our Micah Bells, our Christian Grays, other of of the, of the class. They're not going to make Cam's job any easier, you know. And, yeah. and Morrison getting a year older, Jaden Mickey getting a year older, you know, it's going to be a lot of moving pieces, but I think this, it, all in all, that competition level is going to raise. I mean, we even saw Xavier Watts go out there and make a, a couple good plays. He had a sack, something mm-hmm. like that. So, I mean, hey, the second day is coming alive, so this is the right time to want to be in that room, but it also is getting a stuffy room in there too. And I feel like people
1: think this is a video game and like Notre Dame is going to line up man-to-man bump and run every play. Mm-hmm. When they face C.J. Stroud, they made him hold the ball. Why? Looks, different coverages, man, zone, looking like man, being zone, looking like zone, actually yeah. man, right? They, did the, same thing. they did the same thing that Drake made. This is where Al Golden comes in. They did the exact same thing that Drake made. They made him hold the ball, made him indecisive, right? Drake May broke, man, he broke contain early in the game was able to make some big plays with his feet. Caleb Williams is probably going to give you the same issue. Yeah. Caleb's going to give us some issues. He's going to give you the issue. We just make need him to hold the ball.
2: Make him hesitate. You
1: know today, Al Golden isn't about to go out there and line up against the weapons they have man-to-man all night. No. That's, we'll that's not to. how you attack a team like that. Mm-hmm. And Marcus Freeman, he knows that USC has weapons. He knows that they're dangerous, and he talked about the weapons.
3: I mean, I I wish I could point. It all starts with the quarterback. It all starts. Every offense, I believe, starts with a quarterback. It starts with the quarterback and the decision making and his ability to extend plays and, and 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 put the ball where it needs to go. But um, even with Die being out, the running back Die being out, who was extremely talented, as you watch back through their season, um, they they got a, a stable of running backs. The the one guy that was from Stanford, um, Jones, he was at Stanford. We faced him last year, and, and uh, you know the they got a freshman running back. Um, Brown that's fast and they use him at returner and do some different things with them and he's talented. Their offensive line is uh, a veteran group. It's probably one of the most veteran experienced groups we'll face and their wideouts You can just go down the list from Addison to, uh, to Rice to um, Mario Williams who transferred from Oklahoma, um, the, uh, Washington from Memphis. I mean you can just go down the line of talented wide receivers um, that find a way to get their hands on the ball. So um, every position on their offense um, will present a big challenge for us.
1: I mean, it is what it is. But let's not act like Notre Dame hasn't seen a talented offense this
2: year. Yeah, and that's the difference right. between us and all these teams we're going against is that we've we've been there, done that. We played Ohio State first game. Mm-hmm. So this Clipson game isn't overwhelming. This USC game isn't overwhelming. The Ohio State game wasn't overwhelming. And I think that what teams underrate and undervalue about us is that being independent and playing everybody, we're not going in as a little brother in no situation. Even if you got a better record or a better quarterback or whatever the case, we're Notre Dame. So you're going to have to play your best game against us to beat us. No matter what uh, this the rankings are or who's your coach or whatever, I think, That's what makes us such a neutral playing team is that, yeah, all the hype and emotion. Yeah, but you got to lock in in between those lines. And I think it's going to be a a very focused game. I don't think Caleb is going to have the 500-yard performance he did against UCLA, but we know about them Pac-12 teams. They're going to give it up. They're going to give up them yards. They're going to give up them touchdowns. That's just that way the conference operates. Now, over here, We may give up some points, but you're going to have to work for them. And I think as long as we get them working for them, uh, for the points, not just giving up huge, crazy, explosive plays that USC's been doing all year, I think it'll put us in a good spot to have the position to win the game. Now, we have to go do it, but it's going to take, you know, the quarterback to play his best game, everybody involved, especially that receiver
1: group. You know what this reminds me of? I just happened to watch Creed 2 the other day. You know, where he uh, fought Baby Drago. <laughs> and he lost the first matchup. And they come back for the rematch. And Rocky takes him out in the desert. And Rocky's like, you might think because you're faster and you have the speed advantage that you need to stay away." And Rocky puts a tire in the middle of the ring and forces him to put one foot in the tire and another boxer with the same foot in the tire. Like, this is where you beat him at. You're going to have to make this. Don't give him range. Yeah. You toe need to him toe. toe. to toe. We ain't, we ain't playing range with you all. No, no, no. Come put all your foot the in the
2: And pretty throws and all, all that. that.
1: Nah. Mm-mm. No. This game is going to be one right here. In the middle of the field. Let's go. Yeah. Let's see what you got.
2: Slug you it out.
1: Body blow after body blow after body blow after body blow. And all of that cute running around stuff after a while. You take too many body blows. Nah. And that's the focus that Notre Dame needs to have, man. This game is not about running with USC, proving that you are just as fast. No, 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 no. Mm-mm. We're going to come after Caleb. That's the head of the snake. We hit him, all of that speed doesn't mean a thing.
2: Yeah, because they always had guys that could catch the ball.
1: Yeah, Absolutely. But so they are- that being said, But mm-hmm. that's the focus but there like, yeah, they have weapons the weapons aren't oper- aren't operational or will not be operational if the electricity is off like I don't care about technology if you don't have the energy for stuff to be cut on Caleb Williams is the energy to that whole thing
2: because other than that they just spare parts Hit came him
1: to with. themselves. Hit him from the first series. Blitz. Mix it up. Make him think. Yes. Make him think all night long. All that cute stuff. Motioning Jordan Addison into the backfield, running real wild. All right, do all of that. You can do whatever you want to. These four dudes up here. Yeah, in the front. In the front.
2: They better make you run around. That's it. If we get you running around all game, cool. But that's the difference between us and all these other teams, UCLA and all the teams, they just putting these crazy numbers up. Their front is is like a walk in the park. Look at that UCLA game, Caleb just back there, just one, two, three, hmm, looking around. Yeah, I'll just run over here <laughs> and make a play, just chilling. No. Anybody would have had 500 yards against that UCLA front four body because the 500 yards is a lot, but a kid with talent, you can't let him just sit back there and and just be playing backyard football, and that's not going to happen with us, which is the difference right there. So that's where that's where you cut the points in half right there. Isaiah Fauske got 25 sacks in his career. You think we just finna let Caleb just sit back there and hang out? No, 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 no. And then don't let Jalen Sneed find his way on the field and Caleb get to running around because we know what happens when Jalen Sneed put his hands on you. I'm just a big fan. That's all I'm saying. Other than that, the whole 40 point thing, impossible. I'm not going to say impossible, but highly unlikely because we have that four. And the aggressive D-linemen that we got. Mm-hmm. And we have a running game. Facts. And they can't stop our running game. They know they can't stop our running game.
1: Not so giving up 4.8 a, a clip. Not giving up 4.8 a clip.
2: So it's gonna be a game where he's got to make the most out of his possessions, which raises the anxiety at of the offense. And then you add some of that, make some of that cayenne D-line, you know. <laughs> little little pepper here and there, and that d line you you're gonna have you gonna have a little rushed quarterback that's the ingredients for a rush quarterback, so we want him to feel uncomfortable, and it's gonna be because he's not gonna look up at the scoreboard by third quarter and look to take his helmet off, yeah, it ain't gonna be fifty to nothing by the third quarter yeah. <laughs> you're going so I think it'll be a great game for us. Better challenge because this will let us know if we're ready for any type of New Year Six Bowl and and winning in style, Lord, or have it. Who knows? We can sneak in that number six spot.
1: And I'll tell you this: if you watch that UCLA game, Notre Dame must be stout in the red zone. Please force USC to take field goals because their place kicker is awful. He's awful. I've never seen someone kick the leg of the holder on a field goal attempt until Saturday night. He literally kicked the hand, followed through, and caught the knee. I was like, wait a minute. Yo, he finally got his act together. But I'm like, yeah, bring him on the field. In a clutch yeah. situation, please. <laughs> please bring him on the field in a clutch situation. So when they do move the ball, bow your neck. Force field goals. That's going to be key on Saturday night. And Notre Dame is going to win the special teams. Yes. They, they took the week off against Boston College. Yeah. They're they're like, you week. know, we're
2: we're a specialist group for real. You okay. know, you, 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 you don't call the Unions to go handle a a store robbery, (laughs) you know what I mean? And it was like, oh, we we clean it up and all that, but we we ready for the big stuff. This is what you call the Green Rangers. Yeah, Green Rangers on that Spurs team. We want them in your pump block right now. We need ASAP, catch them off guard. Brian, draw it up in the Sam's. How are we going to execute? So in the big moments like this, this is where special team shows out, and I'm glad Marcus Freeman pays attention to that because that's what it matters.
1: It might be on our list of things we're most thankful for tomorrow. We'll have to check that out. yeah release it. Unbelly. Jason Hewlett, once again, man, we appreciate you today. No
2: <laughs> just don't have the double safety yes. as <laughs> a highlight of them scoring a touchdown. Like, but we can run right. it
1: you see what al golden is falling in love with though he's <coughs> Tariq thrown Bracey? he's thrown the he's thrown the double safety blitz away and he's falling in love with the slot blitz yep that Tariq rebrace blitz because he that bracy xavier watts yep now we're a little closer
2: he's like we ain't gotta come from depth. we just come from the side this time
1: right <laughs> right and they've been very successful with it that's right. So I look forward to seeing more of that. Lucky Lefty Podcast, CFB Nation, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Go now and get all the great content. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals.
0: It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com.
1: Our guy, State of Recruiting, John Garcia Jr., will be with us tomorrow at noon to discuss everything that's going on. I did not know that the FCS transfer portal opens up three days before the FBS transfer portal. Oh, there's – So
2: different. all of the
1: FCS guys are going to be grabbing spots that might impact flipping season and recruits. It's about to be crazy, bro.
2: Yeah.
1: It's, it's almost crazy. as if signing is like bottom tier. Dude, people talking about Peyton Bond. Ryan Day just lost a quarterback to Florida State. He lost a, a running back. back. He's about to lose a tight end. Yeah. It's... The and is just different now. Maybe it's because they know they're
2: getting transfers or...
1: Well, people know what's coming in because now, you know, staffs have to look at. It's a quiet... If I'm not mistaken, and I'll ask John Garcia this to get... Um, the information correct but if I'm not mistaken back in the day this last week you could go visit kids back in the day because Notre Dame when they took the trip out to California the coaching staff would go out there early and visit some of the California kids they used to do this all the time in the BK era and in the Lou Holtz era now with the new rules this is a dead period still until that first week of December Right before the FCS, and so it's going to be very interesting, right? Because you kids go to FCS schools to earn that FBS scholarship,
2: yeah,
1: right? I mean, so you yeah, have big time players right now. We're watching film on a, a big time uh, MVP defensive end from FCS that might interest Notre Dame. I mean, but yeah, you know, I mean, now you
2: got FCS, you got Juco, you got signing day. Yes. And then you got regular transfer portal. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know what is more important. Because it's a win now. It's a win yesterday culture. It ain't even win now. It's a win yesterday culture. So, you know, it used to be when I was in school. That's crazy that I have to say that now, but. You know, big JUCO schools were the big thing. You know, get the number one JUCO prospect. uh, uh, The SEC used to love the big-time JUCO prospects. Now that's changed. Now you got the FCS portal. You got the regular transfer portal where Alabama's picking off the top, but that was amongst other teams they played. So high school recruiting almost feels like a project or an investment where it's like, you know, if you're not impacting us first year, who knows what's going to happen? And then then you got to think about the red shirt guys that you had on hold for a year. Yeah. You got, I mean, the guys coming off injuries. Like, How do you even treat guys with injuries now? Because now it's like, shoot, you get hurt longer than a couple months.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I can, I'm recruiting all year round. Like, I, it's almost we have to start – allowing schools to bring in guys every Tuesday like the league just to to see what you got, just to save phone call minutes.
1: Yeah.
2: Because there's a lot of interest from these guys, but also you got to think, do these guys fit? Are they just good where they was at? Are they, you know, what's what's all the things included? At some point, we got to start having guys come up there during the year and, and having workouts. I mean, seriously. Yeah. Because you don't want to start hitting and missing on portal keys. Now it's messing the chemistry of the team up. You get the development issues going on. You get some hit, but it's just a lot going on. I think Alabama, as great as a transfer a transfer portal season they had, some of their transfers ain't panning out just as how they may have wanted it.
1: Well, I mean, Nick Saban is not fully invested. Yeah. He really doesn't like the portal. He really doesn't like NIL, right? And he might be a dinosaur, right? And the game yeah. might outgrow him and pass him by. He's not bought in because he understands the negatives to it. Like everybody gets happy. Like, you know, these kids deserve this, deserve that. Like, you never heard about freshmen being outside the locker room chief and before a game on the road. Like, who does that? When?
2: Well. It, it, that like Randy Gregory in Nebraska.
1: No, not on game day, bro. On game Randy day,
2: Bre- Randy Gregory at Nebraska. Absolutely.
1: You're right, you're right, you're right, you're
2: right. But I was saying, Tyron Matthew at LSU. Before you had to go to rehab.
1: Overall. Overall, just true freshman. Come on, man. Like you got a true freshman like Walter Nolan. I'll take my nil money, but I'm out of here.
2: I mean, look at Texas and m how it's devastated them. That it's NIL devastated stuff. them. Devastated and this them.
1: is why, and I think the fan base, with those within the fan base that think Notre Dame needs to step it up, it will get to it. We it don't need
2: to do nothing but what we're doing.
1: <laughs> literally relax, dude, because, yeah. like I said, we'll get to it. We'll get to it in a second. We'll get to the comments. But the landscape is different, man. This is a new ball game, and we are all witnesses to what's going to happen because none of us can really predict what's about to go down. We can't. They got to drop some legislation or something. This next month is about to be the wild, wild west. Because this is technically
2: early signing day.
1: This is the early signing day on the 21st. And this
2: is where everybody signs now because everybody right. wants to go to school early.
1: Right. Absolutely.
2: So Keon Uh, probably going to sign around this time. And I mean, damn near you want to sign as early as you can now.
1: Yeah.
2: because They'll just be like, well, I got this transfer guy that just popped up and I've been recruiting you for about two years in high school. Now it's like, "Eh." so something, something gotta, gotta alleviate or some more money. Gotta come into these programs to build out bigger recruiting staffs. Yeah. None of these colleges have enough people in that recruiting office to handle the amount of craziness that is going on yeah. in this in this
1: world, you know. Yeah. Uh, we had a question earlier. Is Notre Dame a mediocre program? I got KL. If we're mediocre, then what is the rest of the 98 percent of the country?
2: You Not worth stop. talking about.
1: Bailey Brad said, no, but they do need to adjust their NIL approach. We'll get to that. Uh, Biggs Improvement. Sensation says, I want to say coaching. I feel like the more confident and comfortable the coaches have gotten, the team has gotten better. Roger Blackman, thank you for tapping in. If we finish the season 10-3, and three, I would say that it's a great first season under Freeman, and going forward, things look very well for us. Andrew Rhodes, O-line. It's the biggest improvement. It's insane how good they are compared to where they started this season. Bailey Brad said the run game. Notre Dame, 21-64. Maybe the linebackers. Linebackers have improved. Uh, look, and that's just been over the last three games. Vastly improved. Cajun Irish, thank you for tapping in. I don't understand so-called MD fans that don't understand how MD works. ND holds itself to a different standard
2: yeah yeah i mean we should hold ourselves to a different standard you know we shouldn't let the the college football world dictate us just like our guy uh, houston griffin said don't let them come in there and dictate us and start making us get out of character like texas a and m and throwing a bunch of money around and not having no no substance. Oh, yeah, no substance no foundation. or organization to it. Yeah, right. it just make sure right. you throw you a bag, come on over. Throw you a bag, come on over. And now nobody gets nobody together and y'all just got a bunch of talent that can't win. And then they go like, you know what, I'm a lead. And you can't stop them. Right.
1: right. And you
2: can't do nothing about it. So it's just, I think that it's making some teams good fast. But it doesn't sustain teams either. Like Tennessee is not sustainable. No, nope. they have a nope. great start with a bunch of first year guys, but what what where the recruiting comes in at and the development comes in at hits you at the end of the season. These guys are one year guys. It ain't too much developing and coaching you can really get towards them last couple games of the season because it's like yeah. it is what it is. Yeah. So, I think it'll be important for us to figure out how to keep the development going in the midst of bringing on maybe not having to bring all the one year guys, just bring a a limit of like four and commit to it. We just gotta bring four because we bring too many. It's just hard to keep the team chemistry going. so
1: yeah Lee Marie, appreciate you. NIL is blowing up all over college football. The NB approach was smart business decision, and there's a collective, and an NIL becomes regulated. NB will take charge. I would say this without saying too much. If there are recruits in a 23 class that made their decision to not come to Notre Dame because of NIL, they will regret it soon thereafter. I'll leave it at that. In a few short days after a signing day, if that was their decision, they're going to see some things happen. that they're going to say, oh, snap, I didn't know that was getting ready to happen. Yeah. Oh, snap, I didn't know that was coming. And I'll just leave it at that. It's like Lee Marie said it. Jack, but this is the thing. Jack Swarbrick told you. but He's not – Why are you mad? He told you. We're not jumping feet first into this. We're going to watch it, let it play out, and see how it develops. And when everything calms down, then we'll decide how we need to move forward. Notre Dame never said we're not doing NIL. They never said that. But no, they're not about to be throwing bags. Look, me and Malik disagree. Because I feel like a high school kid has not added any value to the brand. So I'm not giving you money. Well, the moment you, the moment you, take, the moment you take your first practice and you commit now, I'll give you. Now you've added to the brand. Oh, uh, okay. you have to sign the paper. You do. You can dip out on me at any moment, like, like I'm going. Exactly. Or TRK. We said we have right. Keon in the bag. You want me to tell you, yeah, I'll give you this. And you still leave me hanging on signing day? Nah, you commit. How about that? Sign. And, and then they're committing not even good enough because the dude committed and, t- <laughs> and bounced. bounced. That's what I'm saying. It's like, dude, you ha- in order to get a piece of the pie, you got to, dude, there is no...
2: You got to put some stats up. How about that? You know what I'm saying?
1: There is no payout without investment. Yeah. There is no return on investment without you being invested. And your verbal commit is not an investment. Your signature is an investment. You sign, okay, here's your return on investment. It's as simple as that, man. It's as simple as that. And that's just where I stand. And if people feel like, well, you're going to fall behind, that's cool. Fall behind What? What are
2: we falling behind as a top 10 team in the
1: I'll tell you what I'm not going to do. You're not going to verbally commit to me and then go search for deals and bring those deals back to me saying, what can you do? We're not playing that game.
2: Even though that's what businesses do. Certain businesses. <laughs> like in the finance business, they would be like, they trying to offer me over here what you got.
1: Yeah. Ooh, and whatever company has the right to say, man, that's a better deal. That's a better deal. You should take that deal, Ozzie <laughs> Mack and Sean. I know what you're saying, but in if the, they take care of business Saturday. Oh, talking about the rankings. Does the committee even having a debate? Have a debate since we should have defeated five. We would have defeated five ranked teams. Um, yeah, you got three losses. <laughs> like, dude, I don't care how many ranked teams you beat. You lost to Stanford and Marshall. That's not a race. So you are you are in high, a highly inconsistent team. That's how they'll view you: highs and lows, great highs, and really bad lows. And in comparison to the rest of the teams, they're probably going to view them as being more consistent.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. And I think consistency is something that uh, is just the main part of what Notre Dame holds on to strong. And you can only be consistent by continuing the day after day details Mm -hmm. and routines that make you consistent. And I think we, we stick to those routines to a T.
1: And so that's not, see, and I don't want to make this an argument, dude. Look, and then all of us are Americans, right? And we chant USA, right? Donnie Cruz says, why not? That's business. Guess what America doesn't do? A lot of shit. No, no, no. The phrase, (laughs) famous phrase, we don't negotiate with terrorists. Yeah. Period. Now, wait a minute. That gets sticky if it's yours, right? Because the same people that say, okay, that's right, we don't negotiate with terrorists, would be like, man, y'all need to go get Brittany Griner, right? Because when it's no, yours... No, you
2: know, her over there. She a criminal, she a criminal.
1: No, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. That's some people that might be like, no, 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 now nah, it's personal. Like, dude, stop learning over the way your team does business, because they've done it that way. Forever. It's not changing. Notre Dame was told they wouldn't be relevant Once everybody started joining conferences is Notre Dame relevant. Notre Mm -hmm. Dame, they have spit in the face of every business model that everybody told them they would have to do. And it's no different for NIL. You're not about to tell Notre Dame what they have to do. They're going to do it their way. Every time. Every time. And if you don't like it, go to another fan base but stop whining about what you know your team is. That's who they are. Marcus Freeman goes out on the recruiting trail with one hand behind his back. I'm sorry. That might not be the best example. But there are certain things that he can't do, whether it's emissions, weather, whatever, being in the Midwest, whatever you want to talk about that's used for negative recruiting. He has to deal with that. You know what the previous coach did? He used it as an excuse. Yeah. And he refused to go after five star players because yeah. he said they won't come anyway. They won't even commit, they won't even visit. Marcus Freeman said, I'm not using that as an excuse. I might I have one arm, but I'm still going out here.
2: And I'm, I'm going to okay. do my job.
1: Exactly. Like we act like we don't know who Notre Dame is and how they operate. Stop. Jack Swarbrick told you to your face how they were going to approach NIL. You act like no one told you. He told you. Stop saying silly stuff like they're not doing NIL. He never said that. And like I said, there are certain things happening that if the 23 class decide not to join Notre Dame's class because of NIL, they will soon regret when they see what takes place, days after that. I'll leave it at that. Notre Dame is going to do NIL their way. And the truth of the matter, no one else would. hot, bro. If I hired you to manage my business, I hired you to manage my business, am I giving you a paycheck when I hire you? No, 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 no. Oh,
2: not when you hire me.
1: Yeah. like no, I no, no, you're, no. Hired, you're hired. Here's a check. No, no, no. It don't work like that. Notre Dame's business model is our brand is our brand without you.
2: You coming let's in.
1: Let's, let's, let's keep it above. Let's keep it because we want to talk business, right? Their business model is, do you understand how many people have told us that we couldn't stay independent? We couldn't do this. And we still have better financial standing than all the big SEC schools with all the revenue they bring in. Our financial books are still better, and we're about to get seventy-five mil for us that we don't have to share. And you think we got to give you a million to just commit to our school, man? You, I don't, man, you're crazy. See, they, you think we're about to, and this is the crazy thing. When are kid's asking for that? Dude, a meal, 500000 all types of crazy stuff. There are commits, forget Peyton Bowen. There are commits littered throughout the 20 plus commits that are still receiving NIL offers from other schools, six figures, and they're telling them no. I don't want to hear that crap about Notre Dame, NIL. The the Notre Dame discussion with NIL happens with every recruit. Every recruit walks in the building and has a session with Notre Dame about NIL opportunities. Every last recruit. If you choose to commit, that's on you. We've had the NIL discussion. But what you're not going to do, what you're not going to do, is come back and tell me they paying me this. Well, you what can you do? Like I just gave the example. If I hire you, Malik, and I say this is your salary, you can go get a higher salary. You can go get a better offer, but you don't control how I operate. So you can come back to me all you want to and say, well, man, they're gonna offer me $10 more an hour. That's good. You should take that. Yeah. Marcus Freeman has been consistent. Cats come back, yo, Alabama and Ohio State, this is what they saying. You know what Marcus Freeman told, Cats? You should take that. Yeah, he said like, I would, I'd take that, but Go ahead. Like over here. You should take that. Go ahead, decommit. You should take that. Quarterback, quarterback, man, I know I've been committed. I know I've been helping you guys recruit, but. Yo, what do you think? Man, you might want to take that deal. (laughs) You're not about to run us, dude. No. And this NIL is not about to run us, like it's running Jimbo Fisher and Texas A&M, like Tennessee is starting to crumble. You have smart people at Notre Dame that saw this coming and said, we're not about to play ourselves. And y'all sitting here mad. Because they didn't jump in too. Because Indy
2: going to protect that brand before anything? What, so ND you, look like, y'all, what does Indy look like with players being like, yeah, I just had to run Notre Dame for a bag real quick.
1: And I'm bouncing.
2: And now I'm bouncing. They, Notre Dame rather die than have that story out there. <laughs> <laughs> Is it the Shield? The Indy? No. no you, you, you came for a great visit and you tried to do your little business dealings and it wasn't working over here. Look, we we appreciate you. Come on back. Shoot, we got a good game environment, you know, all that. But you're not going to be telling no crazy recruiting stories on us. How you left with a Corvette or something crazy. No. Nah. Nah. No.
1: We have to do better, man. And that's why tomorrow we're going to dig deep when we explain, along with our guest, John Garcia Jr., the amount of strides that's been made up in a short time by Marcus Freeman on the recruiting trail, and when you really find out how Notre Dame was viewed just one year ago on the recruiting trail by the top recruits, then you'll understand. Y'all want this – y'all want – fans want this microwavable stuff that Michigan State did last year. 20 transfers. State, yeah. 9L. What are they at now?
2: And that was all built off of one player. The running back. All them transfers all sounded great because it worked off of one guy. But when that guy left, oh. L. Tucker must have left with him because we don't know what happened to him next year.
1: Well, uh, left. <laughs> so he, he might get you a quarterback. He might get a quarterback. You can talk about it now. Before we get out of here, your boy just made it official. He said he was going to post it at 1 o'clock, and he, he stayed to his word. There we he go. Man, man. He if said you he ready. you got
2: to be. Can be on the same time.
1: You officially, you're right. I like that. You officially <laughs> have your quarterback in the 23 class. Kenny Minchie said he was going to do it at 1 o'clock Eastern. He's a man of his word. Like Left said, always on time, always accurate. That's what Thank you're sure. getting at Notre Dame. Kenny Minchie, the quarterback of the two thousand three recruiting class. We'll talk about that tomorrow more in depth. You know what time it is.
0: Petty code. Petty, petty, petty Petty, 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 petty It's time to get petty. Oh, we did a good
3: job executing.
0: Are you upset with something? And fire up the Petticoat Junction train.
1: I just don't like you.
0: You don't? No. What is today's Petty Historic? Petty Junction.
1: Petty Junk and Petty, story of the day brought to you by Nora Whiskey and NoraWiskey.com. at premium American whiskey and Lane Kiffin, my man. I love you, dude. Yo, local reporter down there breaks news last night that Lane Kiffin is going to be leaving Old Miss and going to take the head coaching job at Auburn. And Lane Kiffin got super petty. He started posting pictures all over the place, pictures of playbooks. Pictures of the Egg Bowl trophy, pictures of a letter, <laughs> a message that talked about the actual guy that released that information <laughs> and his career move that was getting ready to happen. Look, Lane Kiffin, I got to put you on the petty train, but that was, yeah, that was hilarious, bro. I yeah. love it. I love Lane,
2: Kiffin, <laughs> Lane Kiffin, don't let it. He's not going outside like these older coaches no. in the college. No. no, he's like LeBron. He go control that narrative.
1: Man, everybody, we thank you. We will dig in. Don't forget John Garcia Jr. tomorrow joins the show. We give you our five things we're thankful for with the Notre Dame football program and dig into the numbers of the matchup with USC. Have a great day. Most of all, make sure you spend it differently. <laughs>